Hello and welcome along to episode 83 of the All Things Leeds podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre. And uh, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Charles Foster. Charles, hello, mate. Hi, how you doing? I'm uh, very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, did you have a good Christmas, mate? I did, yeah. Enjoyed it. Spent a bit of time with my family. That was nice. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, spending time with family. It was a, you know, pretty just a normal Christmas, really. Um, did you get anything exciting for Christmas? I wouldn't say exciting. I, I got what I wanted. A lot of clothes and that. And, uh, yeah. I got myself a, finally got myself a lead shirt for this season, so that was nice. But, oh, nice. Nice. New pair of trainers. But it was, uh, not, I wouldn't say hugely exciting. What about you? <laughs> I mean, I got some nice stuff, but I must say the, the coolest present that I got was uh for my parents and it's a pair of socks that on the bottom of the socks on one of them it says shush and on the other it says i'm watching football and i've you know it's well thought of because every time i'm watching football i'm always telling my you know my family you know be quiet i'm watching the football and now i've got socks to tell them that so um (laughs) it's a well thought out gift and you know it's still well thought out gifts that you that you appreciate a lot lot more yeah i thought it was really cool i must say though you know every christmas I only ask for one thing, and it's just a calendar for the following year. Is that a sign that I'm getting old? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the calendar's necessary, though, isn't it? A Leeds United calendar. It's on the wall already, the uh, new Leeds United calendar uh, for the uh, 2021 year. Uh, we, we will be recording another podcast podcast episode before the new year, uh, looking ahead to the uh, Spurs game. But we've got loads coming up uh, in this show. Uh, we'll, of course, be analysing Leeds United's 1-0 win. Uh, over Burnley at Ellen Road, as well as looking ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on West Brom away at the Hawthorns on Tuesday evening. We've got a bit of news to go over as well. It may not be that long of an episode, but I uh, know it should be good anyways, uh, here on the All Things Leeds podcast. Well, as always, let's start by reflecting on Leeds United's previous game, which was that 1-0 win over Burnley at Ellen Road last Sunday. Uh, Charles, this game certainly wasn't a classic, but uh, it was a job well done from Leeds United in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, to get the clean sheet was was very important, I think, for the team morale. And I think to pick up a, another three points against the team that's going to be down there. So we've beaten, we've beaten Sheffield United, we've beaten Burnley now, we beat Villa, who I think, even though they're having a Decent season, I think Villa are still end up mid-table. So we are, um, we beat Newcastle, so we're beating teams that are kind of around us and will be around us by the end of the season. So yeah, I think it was very pleasing. And as I tweeted out after the game, we're, we're at twenty points now. So that's the half, we're halfway home. So we're at the halfway point. That's the way I see it. And uh, so, so I know there's still plenty of uh, points to play for as well. So I, I was really pleased with the three points, which more than so than the performance, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, games like this, you know. Especially, you know, for a team staying up, you know, it's results over performances. You know, you want the three points. The three points that we picked up on Sunday is the most important thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too bothered about the performance, really. We picked up three points and, uh, yeah, I'm very happy, you know, as, as you say, we've beaten Burnley. We're challenging uh, down there, really. So, um, it's, not, it's all good, really. But, yeah, I don't think Leeds were particularly great on Sunday, especially in that second half. I thought the second half was appalling. Uh, we were quite sloppy. On the ball, gave it away a few times. Uh, I thought click in particular was was really poor. Does a click needs maybe a few a game or two out, out of the team because he's been quite poor over recent weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, but he is. He has been consistent for us over the majority of this season. But you know, it might be time to give uh, Shackleton a bit of a run in the team, see what he can do because I thought he had a few nice touches when he came on. To be honest, although be able to see Shackleton as a right back, doesn't he? Because when Shackleton came on, Dallas moved into centre midfield and Shackleton was a right back. 
I know. I, I prefer Shackleton in midfield, though. Personally, I don't think he's got the the height or the. Uh, he's got the pace, but I don't think he's got the kind of defensive attributes to play at right back. I prefer him, you know, in the kind of six role in midfield where Click plays. I didn't think he was great. No, I, I thought it was his kind of off performance meant that uh, Calvin Phillips in the back three had a lot more to do and that they were having to make a lot more aerial challenges and a lot more interceptions they would normally need to do. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was great. Yeah, yeah. And every time he got the ball outside the box, he just he just skied it over over the stand to, onto uh, Ellen Road. Yeah, I thought I, yeah, I thought Click was quite poor. And, um, yeah, I agree with you. It would be great to see the likes of Shackleton get more of a run out over the uh, over the next uh, couple of games. And I agree with you as well. Shackleton is much better in midfield, although he does do a, a good job at right back. But, um, you know, Leeds weren't great, but we didn't have to be great in this game because Burnley weren't too good either, I don't think. You know, Burnley lacked creativity and, you know, quality going forward. And the amount of defensive errors that Burnley made was was unbelievable. You know, I, I thought that they were quite good defensively. You know, Nick Pope and Tarkowski and Ben May, I think that they're decent players, but they made a lot of defensive errors in this game, which, uh, you know, allowed us to, to you know, somewhat capitalise uh, in the first half. Of course, we only scored one goal, but we created plenty of chances from their defensive errors. Uh, but no, it, it wasn't a pretty game at all. It, it was quite a scrappy game. Uh, do you think, you know, the, the pitch, the state of the pitch was shocking. Do you think that had a part to play in that? It did seem to be a lot of the time there was a lot of slipping going on. I did notice a lot of slipping, mainly from our team, to be fair. But there was a lot of, you know, people falling over. And I did think it looked a bit downtrodden and waterlogged the pitch. I think it, I heard they were going to replace it in the summer, but because of COVID, they ended up not doing that. But I think it'll have to be replaced next summer. I think there's a... Because I think, I think they put it in in 2012 or 2013. It was a five-year pitch, so... We've already had more than what they said we were going to get out of it. I think we're going to, have to put a new one in. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought this ever pitch was uh, was quite poor, really. But um, I know it was a scrappy game, but you know it, it was defensive resilience that won us the game, which uh, we haven't been able to say too often this season. No, we haven't. Um, even though we have, we have got five clean sheets out of our fifteen games. So <laughs> you wouldn't think it would be you know dreadful defensively, but we've considered the. I think it's the joint most in the league. Conceded 30 goals so far this season, which is a lot. So yeah, we, every clean sheet is valuable, and conceding fewer goals is valuable. Not just for the keep the goal difference, all right, but you know, as I was saying earlier, morale for the defense and the rest of the team. And I think it was it was good to kind of keep keep a shutout, and I think it'll uh, it'll put us in good stead going into the next game. Unfortunately, we've got the old new manager bounce to continue, but we'll get onto that later. The uh, I think I think it'd be if we can get another clean sheet in the next game, we're setting ourselves up well, and I think we just have to iron out the few issues we've got in the team at the moment that we displayed in that second half. Yeah. And I feel as though, you know, throughout the game, we were still conceding sloppy set pieces. I think Burnley had a, a good chance in that first half, uh, you know, with Dallas's challenge, just giving away a silly free kick in a decent position for them to cross it in. And uh, yeah, we, we've mentioned it, you know, quite a lot of this podcast, you know, just cut out those silly mistakes and, you know, try and keep set pieces to a minimum. And um yeah, we should be fine. But no, it's pleasing to keep a clean sheet and um, it should do the defence a world of good confidence-wise because we have been conceding a lot of goals. So to keep a clean sheet heading into the next game uh, against West Brom, who don't score many at all, yeah, it should put us in, in good stead. Um, as Liam Cooper tweeted after the game, uh, it was uh, beautifully ugly and uh, it showed that we can go to the trenches if needed. And it really did, didn't, didn't it? We, we, it showed you know our character, our fight and, and, and belief you know, to, to win the game despite not playing too well. Yeah, I think it's kind of demonstrated a bit of uh, bit of mental resolve that might have been lacking in previous games, which is which is good to see. But you have to say that you know it wasn't pretty, and we did give the ball away a lot unnecessarily, and a lot of in that second half, and then we didn't really get any kind of flow going at all. And um, I don't want to say we were fortunate because I don't think we were fortunate because I don't think Burnley had 
the chances they end up creating for themselves in the you know the kind of dying few minutes other than the odd set piece well they weren't dangerous chances they weren't one-on-ones they were just you know near post shots and firing it into the box it wasn't a lot huge amounts of danger i never felt that any of them were going to go in even the, when bezer had to make that decent ish save you know the one where he's, he slightly dives over to his left hand side i think he died he, his left hand side, not not ours, facing the goal. Yeah, I thought other than that, there wasn't. I never really felt under any danger, other than the last five minutes where there was like a corner or a free kick every two minutes. <laughs> every also every couple of seconds, it seemed every time every notification I got was another <laughs> another free kick or another corner. I thought this is going to happen. We're going to chuck it away here, but yeah, it didn't happen. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was very nervy, but um, but yeah, the three points in the end is all that matters. And if every game's like that. You know, if we're still picking up one nil wins in every single game, then uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain too often. Uh, we pointed out in the previous episode that set pieces could cost us in this game. Uh, you know, against the likes of Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, uh, especially without club captain Liam Cooper uh, in the side, who was you know one of our best players at set pieces. And the team on Sunday uh, saw Pascal Schurk replace Liam Cooper in defence, so it was a back three of Ailing, Phillips, and Stewart in a three-one-three-three formation uh, against the front two of uh, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. Uh, now, Charles, when the lineups were revealed, what were your initial thoughts? Because I feel as though a lot of Leeds fans were quite worried heading into the game, looking at the Saturday 11. They were quite nervous. Uh, there was kind of there was a lot of um, a Leeds focus on the Burnley Saturday 11 as well, because obviously Charlie Taylor and Chris Wood were both starting, which is the uh, when it, that period where Burnley just appeared to be signing every one of our players, like you know, in a Norwich esque kind of style. So I was, was slightly worried about the Charlie Taylor's crossing ability. I thought he, yeah, he actually had a decent game in general. The, Taylor as it, as it went on um, and I was, I was worried about the aerial threat of, uh, of Chris Wood I always think Ashley Barnes even though he is a really whinging player <laughs> is um, he's always been good I've always rated him as a player I think he's, he's probably quite an underrated striker as Ashley Barnes but so there was, a, there was a little bit of threat there and I personally think Nick Pope is a better keeper than Jordan Pickford anyway so I knew we were going to have it, have it tough when we were going down the other end, as Pablo and Anders found out. So yeah, I was slightly worried about their about their lineup, and I was a little bit wary that we wouldn't be able to stand up to the aerial challenge. Actually, we did. We did quite well. Yeah, yeah, we certainly did. Uh, of course, Diego Juventus wasn't involved at all uh, in the side, despite uh, Bielsa saying that Juventus uh, was ready to return. Uh, but uh, following the game on Sunday, Bielsa said that Juventus had a setback in the week and is out again, and he'll miss the West Brom game on Tuesday. Uh, we'll get our thoughts uh, on all that later, but uh, but no, there were there maybe some doubts. Uh, you know, people are a bit you know wary of you know how well we do defensively, but those doubts were put to bed. Uh, just minutes into the game, it was a fantastic start from Leeds United. Uh, we of course won a penalty uh, inside the first five minutes. Luke Halen playing a fantastic ball uh, forward to find Patrick Bamford, and he was taken out by goalkeeper Nick Pope. Uh, this was a definite penalty, wasn't it, Charles? I think it is on a, on grounds of excessive force, and I think he does collide. The problem is, from pretty much every angle, you can't really tell what he hits first, the man or the ball. But even if he does get the ball first, the excessive force it brings him down with these days, you're going to give away a penalty for that. So yeah, when I saw it, and I saw it in real time, I thought I thought it was a penalty. Uh, but you know. I can understand why Burnley might feel a little bit aggrieved if if he does get the ball first. But you know, those are the rules. Excessive force is is given as a foul, and a foul in the box is a penalty. So you just yeah. got to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel as though you know the fact that Nick Pope didn't get a yellow card, then you know that kind of puts to bed you know the whole wow, he got the ball, 
kind of thing. Because, yeah, he, he got a nick on the ball, but he still wiped out Bamford, just clad into him. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think there was any arguments there. I think it was a definite penalty. Uh, Click didn't take it, which I was quite surprised about. He's usually a penalty taker. Uh, but instead, it was Patrick Bamford who stepped up and uh, drilled the ball into that top, top right-hand corner, sending uh, the goalkeeper the wrong way. Uh, this was a great penalty uh, for Bamford to score against his former club. Uh, that's now 10 goals for Bamford this season uh, after 15 games. Charles Bamford is a is a man who's not short on confidence at the moment, is he? No, and I think um, he was saying in his post-match interview, Patrick Bamford, that basically the, him and Click take the penalties, but when one of them misses, it goes to the other one. And obviously, you know, Click uh, missed his one last time out, but ended up, you know, putting it away on the on the retake. Sorry, not last time out. Uh, the last penalty. So Bamford said he was, he was under the impression that Click was still going to take it, but obviously Click gave him the ball. And I think given the Click's former confidence at the moment compared to Bamford's, it's was probably the smart move to give him the uh, the penalty. And it was a great penalty, top corner. Pretty much unsavable, unless you know exactly where it's going beforehand, which, of course, <laughs> you don't. Some classic Michael Owen commentary from myself there. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, it was a great pen. And it gave us a great uh, kind of lift at the start of the game because we knew we had, we had a bit of something to defend. And we also knew that, you know, the kind of attritional game that Burnley play, that they would not want to go down, go a goal down so early. They'd want to, you know, kind of grind it out at nil-nil for a while and then hit us with a crap set piece, which, you know, was what, honestly what I was expecting. So um, to go win a lot so early on was was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, smashing penalty for Bamford. Um, you know, I was not expecting Bamford to score 10 goals this season, but to score it after just 15 games, you know, before the new year. Yeah, he's he's having an exceptional season, is Patrick Bamford. And uh, yeah, it's really pleasing to see. And uh, yeah, he should definitely be the man on penalties from now on, 100%. Uh, well, 19 minutes into the game, Burnley did have the ball in the back of the net, uh, but the goal was ruled out by the referee. Uh, what happened was a free kick uh, was delivered into the box. Messier and uh, Ben Mee both jumped uh, to try and win the ball and clattered into each other. The ball dropped to Ashley Barnes, who uh, smashed the ball in. Uh, but the free uh, free kick was given to Leeds United, so no goal to Burnley. Uh, Charles, were Leeds United quite fortunate here? I thought so. But they were doing this the whole the whole game long, I noticed. It was either Ben Mee or it was Chris Wood or Ashley Barnes or Westwood Wood. Every time a ball was lofted into the box from a free kick or a corner, one of them would jump up and back up into Meslier as hard as they could and then fall on the floor and whinge. And they did it. They did it all game long. This one, keepers do tend to put their, their knees out anywhere when they jump in to protect themselves. Obviously, Deitch and me were both moaning in the post-match about it. I'd be annoyed if it wasn't given, if the goal wasn't given for us. But uh, the thing is that the, the whistle goes and then Barnes fires in. So the VAR can't look at it. But if, he, if the whistle gets blown, why is he taking the shot in the first place? It's a, it's a bit... It's a bit confusing to me, but I would be I would be annoyed if that wasn't given for us personally, just because it's not actually a foul on on Mesley at all. <laughs> I know he's jumping up into him, and I know it's obviously a tactic, but yeah, I don't think I don't think it was a foul. So mm-hmm. yeah, the kind of look you get is uh, it, this is the kind of look you get in the Premier League with referees. Sometimes <laughs> you get it massively go against you. Sometimes it goes for you. It happens every, every week. It's you know variable. So I'm sure Burnley will get a benefit of the doubt at some point because every team does. Even though I don't, I think. Out of all the managers in the Premier League, other than maybe Jurgen Klopp, I don't see anyone moaning more about referees every week than Sean Dyche. Yeah, neither do I. But if that was against us, then yeah, I'd be I'd be really disappointed. You know, a lot of people saying that it was the other way around. It was Messier fouling Ben Me. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a foul at all, really, no. from anyone. You know, both men went for the ball fairly, collided with each other. You know, it's a it's a fifty fifty and. You know, we see it many, many times, players jumping for the ball, you know, with, with clash of heads and, you know, it's not a foul for, for either one of them. So I don't think it was a foul. 
I just think it should have been play on and the goal should have stood. But uh, no, the referee thought otherwise, blew the whistle. And yeah, as you say, VAR cannot um, look at the instant. But, um, but no, I feel as though Leeds United were were quite lucky there that the um, that the uh, goal was ruled out. Uh, but no, 1-0, it remained to Leeds. Leeds pushed for a second goal. Uh, Harrison was denied a goal by the leg of Patrick Bamford uh, after Rafinha pounced uh, on the defensive error. Uh, Rafinha also had a, a good chance uh, after Alioski floated the ball uh, over from the left. Uh, Bemi's header fell to Rafinha, who hit it first time, hit it well. And uh, yeah, the keeper uh, saved well. Um, and just before half time, Rodrigo had a free uh, header five yards out, but headed over. So yeah, Rodrigo should have done better there, but 1 0 to Leeds at half time. Um, and I actually thought we were quite quite good in that first half, to be fair. What about you? I thought we should have been at least 2 0 up. I thought we were good. I thought we were pretty fluid I thought we, we had the chances to go and I didn't think they had any kind of measurable chances to be honest I didn't, I didn't feel any kind of danger from them there's the odd set piece where you were a little bit worried and obviously they disallowed goal but I thought I thought we were, it was fair that we were ahead at half time yeah yeah I feel as though yeah it definitely was fair uh, second half though it was all Burnley really uh, you know Leeds were really poor especially going forward you know Burnley created you know many chances nothing you know too clear cut but you know some some chances to make us uncomfortable as Leeds United fans, uh, but our defence and Messier were were just so so solid. Phillips at centre back was great. Pascal Strick for a twenty one year old, he, he he was fantastic. He's just growing with every single game he plays. You know, maturing really well is Pascal Strick, and uh, you know Messier again. I thought was uh, was brilliant. I thought it was much better at set pieces. You know, he did kind of drop the ball quite a few times, but I feel as though you know his overall game here. I thought Messier was uh, was quite good. I've been critical of you know his. His positioning and you know his um, his decision making at set pieces, uh, but now Fort Mesier was was really good in this game. And you know overall, Charles, it was a very very solid defensive display, wasn't it? Yeah, I do, I do think it was. Uh, I do think it was solid, and I do think it was a good base to build on. And it was the kind of the kind of performance you want to see a backline put in after you know basically getting piped by your rivals the week before. It was a. Uh... <laughs> For lack of a better word, um, it was nice to see. Uh, it was nice to just keep a clean sheet. I was I was pleased with how we how we dealt with the the kind of Burnley forays into the box. And as I, as, as I say, even though Burnley were fairly dominant and weren't really, <clears throat> they still weren't create, creating any you know clear cut chances. It was all half chances and near post efforts and things that you know that you'd expect to be saved. There was never any never a point other than maybe that that Rodriguez one where he blazed it over the bar in the second half where I thought. Yeah, we might concede here. I thought we were generally pretty, uh, pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was a, definitely a a good response from that six-two defeat to Manchester United the week before. Definitely a, a good response. Um, yeah, it was nervy towards the end, but no one-nil win in the end. Our first one-nil home top-flight win in thirty-three games uh, since February the eighth, two thousand and three, when we beat West Ham. Um, a fifth clean sheet of the season, of course, and a back-to-back home wins for the first time this season. Um, and uh, three points moves us up into 12th on 20 points, just a handful of points behind the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. Uh, but the most pleasing thing is that we are nine points above the relegation zone now. We're comfortably in mid-table. Uh, there's nothing to worry about, is there? <laughs> never say nothing, but you know we're looking good at the halfway point, as I was saying earlier. You, you need to hit certain milestones, hitting the, hitting. 20 points at this stage of the season is good. We've still got another game before the end of the year, the calendar year, I should say. So, um, yeah, we, we can uh, we could possibly extend that, but we need to just, you know, rack up the points as quickly as possible. So as soon as we get to the Magic 40, then we can start, you know, relaxing a bit mm. and turning on the style and trying a few things. Yeah. So we just need to keep, keep, keep just keep putting points on the board. And I think there's definitely three worst teams than us in this league. I, I yeah. mean, there, there just is, definitely. 
Yeah, that's it. There's, there's more than, than three uh, teams who are worse than us, really. Uh, but no, 20 points halfway, as you say, to the Magic 40. Uh, no newly promoted side has ever been relegated, having won as many as 20 points from their opening 15 games of the Premier League season. Uh, another record for us to break there. Uh, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that. Uh, another stat for you uh, from Andrew Dalton of course on Twitter and in scoring 25 goals in their first 15 Premier League games Leeds have equaled the record set by a newly promoted side in the Premier League which was not in the forest in season 1994-95 so now pleasing all around who was your man of the match from Sunday's game I'd probably give it to Calvin Phillips Um, thought it was just a lot of interceptions a lot of little touches here and there to you know put off Burnley attacks or at least delay them to give us time to get back into shape I thought there was plenty of defensive clearances yeah I thought it was was great in that kind of middle of that back three sweeping up anything that Streak and uh, Luke Ayling didn't didn't get their heads on I thought it was that was excellent yeah yeah, I thought it was excellent as well. You know, playing at centre back isn't the position he he usually plays. You know, he usually sits in front of a back four. But yeah, I thought Cam Phillips was was excellent and uh, definitely yeah, my man of the match as well. Uh, I put out a poll on Twitter, of course, after the game. Uh, I do it after every every uh, Leeds United win, asking uh, Leeds United fans for their man of the match. And the four options in the poll were Patrick Bamford, Ilan Meslier, Calvin Phillips, and Pascal Struick. And Calvin Phillips uh, has won the poll, fifty-eight percent. Uh, Ilan Meslier in second with twenty-four percent. Uh, Patrick Bamford and Pascal Struick both on nine uh, percent. So yeah, uh, the majority of people agree with us that Calvin Phillips was uh, the uh, man of the match. Um, Andy Thompson, though, in reply to that tweet, uh, said, "How is Meslier not winning this?" And uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly, you know, scratched my head at that, thinking, "Well, Meslier had a real good game. I, I thought it would." would be a lot closer than you know than Messier just getting 24% of the vote but um you know people thought Cal Phillips was was the uh, better player uh, another guy replied uh, saying that it was informed that the referee was a man of a match i mean the referees definitely did perform well for Leeds United <laughs> I'd, i wouldn't agree with that cuz i think in in general i thought look the major decisions you can you can make arguments for for either way but i thought general fouls in the game and things like that i thought the ref was pretty fair for the yeah. majority of them, both ways, when we were fouling, when they were fouling, they were mostly given. The big decisions are a bit controversial, but generally the fouls and you know set pieces and cards given out throughout the game, I thought were pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, so do I. I think it's just Burnley fans trying to find some excuses, really, and you know saying, "Oh yeah, Leeds United only beat an injury-riddled Burnley side." Well, we have injury-riddled as well. You know, we've got plenty of plenty of centre backs out. You know, three senior centre backs out. So. um yeah, we, we've got plenty of injuries ourselves. So, yeah, I think it's just barely fans finding excuses. Uh, yeah, I feel as though, you know, the big, big decisions are debatable, but um, the referee, I thought, overall had a had a fair game. Uh, but no, one no win here for Leeds United. Uh, yeah, really uh, nice to keep a clean sheet and get the three points there. Uh, Leeds, of course, have uh, one last game to play before the end of the year, uh, and that is away uh, against West Brom on Tuesday evening. Charles and I will preview that game later on in the show. <laughs> Well, not much news to get into uh, in this episode, uh, but we will discuss the fact that uh, 27-year-old defender Diego Llorente uh, was not involved at all uh, against Burnley on Sunday, despite Bielsa sell, uh, telling us uh, before the game that he was ready to return. Uh, now, following that one win against Burnley on Sunday, Bielsa said that Llorente had a setback uh, in the week um, and uh, the uh, Spain international will miss the West Brom game on Tuesday evening. Um, and Liam Cooper as well, uh, you'd expect him to be out for the next few games. No no clue on you know how long he's going to be out for, but with an abdominal strain, you, you'd expect him to be out for a number of weeks. But um, no, Charles, despite having you know Robin Cock out for three months, Diego Juventus and Lee, Liam Cooper missing the next few games, you know I'm I'm not too nervous because after Sunday's display, you know I've got loads of confidence in this defense. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll revert to the four-one-four-one in, in the back four, so that, there'll be a little bit of a change from how we are, how we were against Burnley. Uh, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm confident they'll take the, what they've, uh, what they've got out of the Burnley game and apply it to this, uh, to this new game. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident in the defence, but you know, I hope they don't let me down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, you're saying you know, they'll move to the back four. Um, yeah, I think it'll just be Ailing and Sturrock in the centre backs roles with uh, Dallas at right back, Kalioski at left back, really, and Phillips back in his uh, in his midfield midfield position. But um, you know, whichever formation he plays, you know, I, I do have full confidence in our defensive players at the moment. You know, after Sunday's game, you know, it was such a you know a solid solid defensive performance. You know, on Sunday, you know, as, as Liam Cooper tweeted, you know, where it showed that we can you know dig deep into the trenches and you know you know fight our way to victory and um, you know defensive resilience. You know, it showed a lot of mental resolve and um, and yeah, I feel as though you know defensively, it's given it's given the fans and players you know a lot more confidence now after, after Sunday. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. But throughout throughout the course of the season, we have we have conceded a lot. But I'm hoping the the defense do take heart from from the last game because because you, you need to do and you need to basically focus quickly and get back on it because you're you're as good as your last game. So last 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 game out, the defense have been great. But you know it's a new game. It's a a different challenge entirely. And I hope the defense are up for it. Yeah, and yeah, I hope that they do take confidence. Confidence is a massive part in football, you know, especially as a player and. Uh, yeah, when you're low in confidence, then you, you you're not going to perform well. But when you're high in confidence, then um, yeah, you're going to do very well. So hopefully, they do take a lot of confidence and uh, yeah, from that from that Burnley win. Um, Pascal Sturrock, a word on him, 21 years old, he's really good, isn't he? First time playing in the Premier League, you know, only made a, like two appearances in the first team last season, and he, he he's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, we, obviously he started at Anfield, so he's he, he has he has come in. Uh, you know, prior to this game, but he's he, he's really good in the air. He has that that height that you need to be in a centre half. He's, he's he's good in the air. He's, he's confident. He's um, he's strong. He's, he's great at interceptions. I do think he sometimes hesitates slightly in possession, but you know you can train that into players. The kind of anticipation and, and you know initiative is a, is a little bit more you know ingrained. I think he just needs a little bit more confidence and a little bit more lease of life and he'll, he'll, be, he'll be slightly better on the ball. I thought some of his passing's decent, but I think sometimes he's not aware when he's under pressure. Sometimes he, he lets himself get under unnecessary pressure. And I think, but we also will be able to drill that out of him, no problem. Yeah. He's definitely a promising, promising prospect at centre-half. Yeah, certainly. And you know, we, we've said it as well before, you know, um, We've been doing this podcast for you know what two years, and we definitely you know, especially you know in the early days of the podcast, we were saying that Stuick in the under twenty threes is one to watch out for. He looks a good defender, you know, he's got the right height, the right build. He's he's very strong, good in the air. You know, he's certainly he's certainly showing that you know he, he can be a good option. And you know, at, at the moment with with the defensive injuries, when they come back, and then if they get injured again, you know, further down the line, you know, all confidence in Stuick to to step in and do a good job. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have confidence in him, and I think he's only going to get better playing more games. I've got a similar opinion on Jamie Shackleton. I think at some point you just got to say, right, to give you a run of games, see how you do. Yeah, yeah, they'll only get better playing more first team games because I, you know, I think you know your point there. You know, sometimes he, he puts himself under pressure, and I think that's just you know because he's playing a lot of under twenty threes football still, and in under twenty threes games you get a lot more time on the ball, and I feel as though you know he. In, in first team football, Premier League football, you don't get that much time on the ball. So, um, so now I think he needs to get out of his feet a lot quicker. But you know, his distribution is you know quite good. Definitely can improve. But uh, no, I think his distribution is is quite good. But uh, no, defensively, you know, aerially and you know, strength wise, I think he's good. And for a twenty one year old, yeah, he's only going to get better and better. And um, and yeah, I think Stuart is a is a very promising player. He's maturing, you know, 
each game he plays and um yeah definitely a, a very good player um and Luke Kalin when he goes in centre back he does a good job and Dallas you know he can play anywhere really but no the defence you know did well on Sunday so hopefully they can uh, keep it up and hopefully see uh, defensive injuries don't cost us too much going forward <laughs> Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on West Brom away at the Hawthorns on Tuesday evening. The game kicks off at 6pm and is live on Amazon Prime Video. Charles, what are you expecting from this game? A lot of possession is uh, is, is what's coming into my head right now. I think we'll have a lot of the ball. I think the way that Allardyce's team performed against Liverpool, they were, you know, very close together, the lines. They the were, you know... 10. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> compacts. They were basically encouraging because Liverpool obviously love to cross into the box and stuff. They were encouraging Liverpool to, you know, make aerial crosses because they know they can deal with that easily, being an Allardyce team. And I'm expecting them to, you know, try and hit us on the break and try to play for as many set pieces as possible. I think that's what their strategy will be. It's, I, I don't want to say, I think it'd be a different, slightly different challenge to Burnley because Burnley, uh, although they play a similar, you know, physical type of game, West Brom were even more long ball and Burnley have a few more you know, talented technical players than they do. And and they've got, obviously, Burnley are a more established Premier League side than West Brom are. I think West Brom still have, you know, a lot of the core of players that they had in the Championship, as we do in the, in their squad, not necessarily in the starting 11, but in their squad. So, uh, but obviously, the West Brom we're playing now with the West Brom that everyone else has played for the rest of the season, because Billich is a far different coach to, <laughs> to to Allardyce. So I think we can, and there's still that, that lift they've got from getting a new manager and the lift they get from, from you know, snatching a point at Anfield. I do rate them. I do rate West Brom as a, uh, as a as a team, not as a great Premier League team. I just think they've got a few decent players in there that are performing in a bad team, if you know what I mean. I think Callan Grant's a good striker. He was at Huddersfield last season, got 20-odd goals. I think Sam Johnston in goal is a, is a very decent goalkeeper for playing in a poor team. So I'm not expecting this to be a, a role level whatsoever, and I think we have to treat it as uh, probably one of, the, one of the more important games in the season because yeah. we, we, we need to kind of push them... And Sheffield United as far down as possible. I don't know. If, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, so they're what ten points behind us now. So if they win, they they go within seven points behind us. And uh, yeah, and then you're looking at that, thinking, well, you know, in two three weeks it could all change. So um, no, it's definitely an important game to you know to, to win. Just you know, cement West Brom's place in the bottom three. Really for 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 them, it's certainly. I'm not expecting a. I'm not expecting another classic. Really, I'm probably you know be be quite scrappy like the Burnley game. It's not going to be be fun to watch, really. You know, I'm, I'm expecting it to be quite like the Liverpool game. I, I don't know about you, you know, in the Liverpool game, Liverpool just had all the possession, but just try to break the flat back 10 defence of, of West Brom and, you know, try and uh, defeat Sam Allardyce's dinosaur tactics. I think it's going to be very frustrating, I'd say, for Leeds. I think, I think to score, we're going to have to either produce a moment of individual brilliance or, you know pounce on a mistake effectively because I think they're going to be so deep and so compact and so well drilled that we're going to struggle to uh, to cut through cut through them easily yeah yeah it's certainly going to be a, a tough game for Leeds United to you know to, to score quite a lot of goals certainly but um, hopefully we can we can try and open them up and um, and see what we can do I mean on, on paper this should be a win you know I think everything points to a Leeds United win West Brom are 19th in the table, second from bottom after 15 games, only on eight points, five points from safety. Uh, they've only won uh, two games all season, only two games all season, uh, drawn five and lost eight. Um, they won their second manager of the season, as you say, in Sam Allardyce, who lost 3-0 at home to Aston Villa in his first game in charge. Um, however, on Sunday, the previous game, they did they did draw one all the way at Anfield, a very good point there for them. So, 
yeah, we, we certainly can't take them too lightly. You know, they, they have some players, as you say, you know, who can cause us trouble. You know, Matt Phillips in there, Callum Robinson, Pereira, I think is quite a good player, Charlie Austin as well. So to do some players that, you know, can cause us a few problems, you know, when they break forward and, you know, as well as the likes of Semi Ajay from set pieces, you know, Ajay scored from a corner against Liverpool. So West Brom do have some players that could make it quite uncomfortable for us. They do, and we have to be wary of them. I remember Ajay um, at Rotherham, where he, I think he got, he got signed for about a million and a half quid, and everyone thought it was a proper bargain at the time, and it probably was, to be fair. But yeah, he's, he's a good player. They, they they do have talent, and they, they've they been picking up a lot of draws, and I think but I think you're right, we do need to be beating them. We do, we do need to be going there and getting three points, because it's, it's important to just rack up as many points against teams below you as possible, particularly teams at the bottom three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely important to, to you know for us to go win. I think you know if you if you, you know, come out of games like this without three points, then you're thinking, well, that's just two points dropped, really, because we're against a poor team here. So, yeah, it's definitely important to win. But yeah, it's not going to be plain sailing. It's not going to be too easy. Uh, I must correct myself from earlier. I said that West Brom are what ten points behind us. There's twelve points behind us. So, um, no, definitely yeah, a bigger gap. But but still, you know, it's still a, you know an important game that you want to win and you know stay away from from those teams who are lower than you as much as possible uh but no they, they they do certainly have dangerous players you know it's the same set of players that drew one all the way at manchester city so they don't have bad players it's just the manager at the moment and you know sam ardice with his typical dinosaur tactics you know just sitting all his men behind the ball and smashing long balls forward to some fast forwards you know it, it's going to be it's going to be you know they're, they're a hard team to break down in west brom and you know we we do tend to struggle against teams who sit back and, and defend like they do so it's going to be a tough game isn't it it is, and I think we're going to have to be patient for our opening. I think we've got to be clinical when that opening arrives. It would really do as it would do as well like in the Burnley game, just to get that early goal, because I think that will coax them out, and I think that will give us the space we need to, you know, play our game properly. I think if we if it's nil nil going into the second, you know, you know, midway through the second half, I think they're they're just going to be piling, you know, keeping men behind the ball, keeping it, keeping it extremely deep, and we're going to get frustrated and we're going to start making mistakes of our own. We might get caught on the counter or caught on a free kick. At, an unnecessary free kick like the one's been going on about so I think we've just got to be patient but you know if we could get that early goal I think that would give us a lot of assistance in the game yeah certainly Uh, how do you see this game going I mean personally I see it going one of two ways we could smash them or they West Brom could nick a point a nil-nil one all or maybe even a one-nil how do you see this game going I think it'll be a one nil either way if someone's going to win it. Um, yeah. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be a one nil towards when it back us. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, low scoring to be honest. What's the lineup for you? Would Would you leave it unchanged from the Burnley game or would you make changes? I mean, we're predicting that it's going to go to back four because West Brom only play one up front. But um, you know, personnel wise, would would you just keep it the same? But I I don't know. I think I don't think Bielsa would do this, but I personally would give Shackleton a run out centre mid. But I, I think Bielsa will keep it exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see Bielsa doing that change, but I agree with you. I think I think it'd be nice to see Shackleton get one out of the team and let Click rest for quite a while because he's he's not been out of the team for, for for years really. You know, the first team in the league, he's not he's not had a rest from league football for, for since he joined really. So um, well since Bielsa arrived. So um, it's not I, I, yeah, it would be nice to see Shackleton you know get a run out, but I, I can't see Bielsa making too many changes. Uh, well, moving on to Leeds United's record against West Brom. Uh, we've only played West Brom twice in the Premier League in season 2002-03. Uh, we won uh, 3-1 away uh, at West Brom and drew 0-0 at home. Uh, Leeds, though, are, of course, unbeaten in the last three meetings. Uh, two wins and one draw. Uh, won 4-0 and 1-0 um, at home and then 
uh, drew one all away at West Brom on New Year's Day uh, this year. So, um, so we, we have a decent record against West Brom, but can, can you see us winning here? You said 1-0. You, is that your score prediction? 1-0 to Leeds? I'm backing us 1-0. Yeah, so am I. I'm going to go with no to Leeds United as well. Yeah, hopefully Leeds United can pick up the three points on Tuesday evening and uh, hopefully Leeds United can finish 2020 on a high. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 83 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much as always to Charles Foster for joining me remotely, of course. Thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. Take care of yourself, mate, and we'll uh, we'll catch up again in a, in a few days. Uh, we will be back with another episode uh, later in the week uh, before the new year. But yeah, thank you, uh, of course, to uh, everyone who has uh, listened or watched uh, this episode. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed, then make sure to subscribe and follow or whatever platform you are, you are currently uh, on. Uh, make sure to share it around as well. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow All Things Leeds on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for All Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search for All Things Leeds on Facebook. Um, and subscribe to your YouTube channel as uh, as well uh, but as i say charles and i will be back later on in the week so for now take care stay healthy stay safe and we'll see you soon